This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI Senior Writer Al Castle, wishing all of you a very happy new year. Welcome to 2018. It should be uh, an exciting year for wrestling fans and hopefully wrestling magazines. Uh, a lot to look forward to this year. Uh, but this week we're going to be looking back. In a moment, I'm going to be joined by uh, Dan Murphy, and we are doing one thing and one thing only on this episode of the podcast, and that is looking at our 2017 PWI Achievement Awards. Uh, we call it the big issue, and uh, it is voted on by you, the readers of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. We've got Wrestler of the Year, Match of the Year, Most Popular Wrestler of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Woman of the Year, Feud of the Year, uh, and on and on and on. Um, these are awards that go back, uh, I believe, more than 40 years by now, uh, back to when some of our sister magazines were doing it. And a super interesting year. Uh, I think you'll see uh, in just a moment a lot of history made in these awards as it has been throughout the year. So I look forward to talking to Dan about it in just a moment. Right now, uh, let me tell you how you could pick up the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine, the Achievement Awards issue, the year in wrestling. And that is by going to pwi-online.com. It's going to be uh, still a little while before the magazine drops on newsstands or arrives uh, in your mailbox if you're a subscriber. But you can download it right now, uh, the digital edition, which looks fantastic on your laptop device, mobile device, phone, uh, what have you. It's how I've got it in front of me right now to talk about it uh, with Dan. And again, the thing to do is to go to pwi-online.com. And, uh, you know, we focus on the awards, but there's uh, a lot more in this issue than just the awards. Uh, the, the year in wrestling really covers a lot of stuff. We've got the year in review. Uh, that has a fantastic photo se section, a lot of photos you've never seen before looking at the year. The unofficial official awards, always a, a fun staple of the, the year-end issue. Uh, we have a little fun, as do some of the readers with their submissions. Uh, categories that you wouldn't otherwise see in, in any kind of legitimate uh, uh, awards uh, uh, section of a magazine or anything like that. So a lot of fun there. Uh, in the top 10 stories of 2017, um, I had the privilege of putting this together with my uh, colleague, uh, Harry Burkett. And, uh, you know, it was hard to get it just down to 10. Really a, an eventful year. Uh, some of it good, some of it not so good. Uh, but uh, it, it's definitely worth reviewing all at once what the top 10 big stories of the year uh, were. And uh, lastly, the, the staff of PWI, myself included, looked back, gave uh, some kind of snapshot memories of the year. Uh, so, again, what you want to do, go to Pro Wrestling, uh, no, not Pro Wrestling Illustrated, pwi-online.com uh, is our website. Uh, and buy the one issue or subscribe. Uh, the longer you subscribe, the deeper the discount uh, you get. And uh, you don't want to miss out on this issue or any of the others. We're starting already to put together the next issue, which is going to include the um, report cards. So it feels like there's something you don't want to miss in just about every issue that we put out or every issue that we put out. So uh, don't miss any more. Start 2018 the right way. Become a subscriber to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. All right, Dan, thanks for uh, joining me. As always, Happy New Year, by the way. 
Yeah, happy 2018. Glad to be back for another year here on the podcast. Yes, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun this year. Uh, we're going to be uh, looking ahead, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. Uh, for the moment, we're going to be looking back at the 2017 PWI Achievement Awards. I believe the issue just dropped online, um, so be sure to check it out if you're a subscriber. I mentioned you'll have it in your mailbox uh, before long. So it is, yeah, our annual award show here. Let's, uh, without any further ado, well, with some further ado. Uh, What's maybe, to do? <laughs> maybe uh, a kind of an overview, Dan, you know, it, it, what's your big takeaway, big picture, 2017, um, having compiled all the votes, a, a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down year in general for, for pro wrestling? It's an interesting question. Um, <clears throat> I, I would say it's a huge thumbs up. Um, I think that the match quality that we've seen in 2017 as wrestling fans, it, it's, it's unprecedented. Um, all across the board, we've seen some incredible matches. We, you know, weekly, we can expect really solid matches on Raw, even with Lucha Underground. Impact has had its struggles, uh, but there's still some good matches that are taking place there. Everything that's going on on the independent scene with Ring of Honor, as well as with New Japan, everybody's really kind of raising their game, and it's a really exciting time. Uh, the flip side is it's a very different year than any other year. Uh, wrestling is kind of going in a different direction. Uh, you know, some of the purists don't like the direction it's going in. That's kind of reflected in at least our tag team of the year award in our, uh, our um, uh, year end awards that we'll be getting into. Um, but there's a new style that's emerging and it's exciting. And, and whether you like it or you don't, it's really taking uh, shape and, and really kind of molding the wrestling business going forward. And uh, it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, so yeah. overall, I think it was a very interesting year and, and this year that's that's going to be built upon uh, in the years that come. Yeah, and I do think that uh, the awards, when you have them on in front of you, do tell you the story of uh, 2017. Uh, one is about um, a, a kind of decentralization of uh, pro wrestling, right? That it's not just WWE. And for so long, it really was about Who's the number one and who's number two? WWE and WCW, WWE and TNA. And it seems like for the first time in a long time, it's really not like that. WWE is still pretty much, you know, firmly um, the, the forerunner, but there's all kinds of stuff out there. And really, we've been saying this for years, but it, it feels like maybe 2017 is really the year that that took hold. And, and that was evident from our, our last really big issue, the PWI 500, where for the first time, a uh, Japanese wrestler won number one, and I, I think you've got some similar stories here in the awards, um, not just with Japan, but you touch on it, uh, some stars of the independents. Um, so, so, and I think that's a good news story for fans, for wrestlers, uh, that, you know, everyone from, from Cody to the Bucks have, you know, proved, proven over the last year that there is life outside WWE. Uh, and the other thing that I think was a story in 2017, a good news story, is the creation of stars, you know, and uh, at any given time, that's the most important thing that any wrestling company, certainly WWE, can be doing is creating those stars of the future. And I was thinking, you know, earlier today of those years and years, and it felt like decades, where almost every other pay-per-view was some combination of John Cena and Randy Orton and maybe throw Triple H in there uh, year in and year out. And WWE was not doing a good job of, of really mixing things up at the top. And they did this year. And 
Uh, some of the experiments, not so successful. Other were successful. But, you know, over the last year, we got Samoa Joe in, in pay-per-view main events, uh, Braun Strowman, Jinder Mahal. Uh, you know, there was a, a good bit of, of upward mobility and uh, kind of rotating guys in and out of those main events. And that's fantastic. And, and there's reason to think that there's going to be more of that in 2018. So, uh, yeah, in some ways, I mean, there were disappointments along the line. I, th- I think WWE uh, fell in its face a couple of times with some things they tried. I mean, pretty much anything with Bray Wyatt strikes me as... A, a flop in yeah, uh, 2017. He didn't, a, he didn't have a good year. Yeah, no. right. And he won his full title, but not a good year for Bray. Yeah, and and also, you know, in terms of match quality, that it, there's sort of an irony that it, on on one hand, um, 2017 had some of the best matches you'll see as a wrestling fan if you're looking for them. You know, the, the Observer gave its first ever six star rating. Uh, in January and gave, I think, at least or one or two others later in the year. Um, so uh, some really good matches, certainly coming out of New Japan, but not so much WWE. WWE, um, I think you got to kind of dig a little bit deep to, to find the really quality matches there. And some of the best matches under the WWE banner were not, you know, real marquee matches. Um, so not necessarily pay-per-view main events, WrestleMania main events, that kind of thing. So that was another kind of a story. But all right, now that's enough further uh, or enough ado. And, and now, without any further ado, um, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's begin with, with the big one, um, Wrestler of the Year. Uh, take it away, uh, Dan, who is the 2017 Wrestler of the Year? The 2017 Wrestler of the Year, uh, this is a year where it was not the same. Now, again, the Achievement Awards are all voted by the readers of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Mm-hmm. It's not the editorial team. It's it's not uh, something that we select. It's different from the 500 or the female 50. This is all based on our readers, um, which is always interesting because it's a real strong barometer of of the pulse of the wrestling fans. Um, we went with number one, in the, and again, the PWI 500 is, is a different grading period. It's not January 1 to December 30th. It's more June 30th to July 1st. But we went with Okada for the PWI uh, 500. The fans went with a little bit of a more mainstream choice with the uh, year, uh, the wrestler of the year, and uh, they selected AJ Styles. Yep, he is on uh, the cover. And uh, I think it's a fine pick, not a surprising pick in the sense that, as you touched on, um, even we struggled with the decision to put Okada uh, number one in PWI 500 because some of the kind of realities, the politics of uh, being a, a mainstream North American wrestling magazine. Uh, so I'm not surprised that, you know, given given some of that, that it would go to AJ Styles. Would you say that AJ Styles um, was the de facto number one in WWE, because it's not like he had the best year of his career. He, he, didn't, have, he didn't have the best year, well, not compared to last year. Last year mm-hmm. was a better year for him. Um, and especially when you look at when we were doing the evaluation for the, the 500, um, he had a down period. He started the year um, w- with the, the title. Uh, he, he had the feud with Shane McMahon. Uh, he went kind of down to the mid card. He had the brief run with the U.S. title. And then regained the championship kind of surprisingly upsetting Jinder Mahal and, and then having the second run. That's pretty but late in the year and, of, and late in, in um, the exactly. voting period, yeah. 
but that's that's exactly it with the voting period is that uh, Styles was hitting his real stride as the voting period was going on. And that's one of those things that you don't necessarily think of, but that's when uh, people are getting the uh, the ballots and who's fresh in their minds. AJ Styles just won the world title. He's on top of the world and and people will think of him. Yeah. Um, you know, they had to fill that out two or three months earlier. Maybe it would have been Okada. Maybe it would have been someone else. Um, but again, that's not too, you know, that's just the, the reality of the, the balloting. Yeah. Uh, Styles a, a very good year. And yeah, I think he was the default. Uh, yeah. Cena hasn't been around as much. Orton, again, you know, not around as much. He Lester. had a world title reign, but, but it, it's funny. I mean, it might be one of the more disappointing uh, world title reigns in, in recent memory in that almost nobody, not only did he have a world title reign, he won the Royal Rumble in 2018 yeah. and uh, uh, won Completely. the world title yeah. at WrestleMania. Uh, and, and yet I don't think anybody would think of this year as a particularly good year for Randy Orton. Yeah, and I was in the building that night, and I still yeah. struggle remembering that. You know, mm-hmm. it's oh yeah, that's Randy Orton was on that show. Yeah. You know, it's an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- there weren't a lot. I mean, maybe Braun Strowman um, and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns were at the top of the card, but uh, AJ Styles was certainly consistently the strongest in-ring competitor and uh, very deserving of the Wrestler of the Year uh, award. Yes, and he got thirty-eight percent. I think the real stories we just touched on is in these. Uh, runners-up, and I can't remember, I'm sure this has never happened, but none of the runners-up are, are WWE um, wrestlers. Uh, the first runner-up with 21% is Okada. Uh, at 11%, the second runner-up is Kenny Omega, and uh, the third runner-up is Cody Rhodes. So you've got three uh, non-WWE stars, two of them Japanese stars, uh, or at least international stars, uh, and you can even make an argument for really all three being international stars with, with Cody having a, a big role in Japan as well. So that's fascinating. I mean, that really is kind of tells the story of, of 2017. And you can really look at that, too. If you were to tabulate those three runners up and compare them to uh, to AJ, that'll give you an idea. If, if AJ had 38 percent of the vote, whatever those other three combined was, was kind of the anti WWE sentiment. Yeah. Um, you know, so let's go outside WWE for the wrestler. And it just happens to be that there were three that the fans were kind of split on. In yeah. other years where there was a WCW or a, a very strong competitor to WWE, a lot of times people would just focus as one person being the face of that company. Uh, this year, there there really wasn't that. So it kind of split the anti-WWE vote and uh, helped AJ kind of, you know, get the award. Yeah. I'm a little surprised not to see Brock do a little bit better here. I mean, he, he doesn't have to deal with uh, some of the, the criteria that we have for the, the 500 where his inactivity uh, uh, weighs in pretty heavy because when he was in the ring this year, he was pretty dominant. Um, Absolutely. So I would expect him maybe to be a little more in the mix. And Jinder Mahal, who I think probably had the longest title reign of anybody uh, this year. I mean, not the most impressive or noteworthy, but, you know. But I, I know he comes up elsewhere in, in uh, these awards, so uh, I'm sure we'll get to him. All right, uh, next category, uh, Tag Team of the Year. Again, I mean, tells tells the story of 2017 and what an unusual uh, year it was. Who, who are the 2017 uh, Tag Team Wrestlers of the Year? Yeah, and I alluded to it before, and I don't think I was real coy with it. It's probably pretty obvious to tell who it is. Um, but the Young Bucks. Your favorite Tag uh, Team. Bucks, yeah, my favorite tag team. <laughs> <laughs> now, and again, for me, like I feel very Jim Cornette this way, and I've I've, sung, I, I've literally done this. 
Um, I've been at shows where the Young Bucks are on, and I'll I'll walk out in the hallway. I just I do not want to see the match. It 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 bothers me. It upsets yeah. me. I it's... I don't totally disagree with you. I'm I'm not a huge fan. Uh, we had you know some email exchanges earlier today, and I'm with you on on one hand. You know I think a good rule of wrestling is. If, you know, if it works, it works, right? So you right. can look at their act and up and down, just hate it. But, uh, you know, Ring of Honor had their, their best year ever uh, this year business-wise. And I think it's got a lot to do with, with the Young Bucks. Yeah, and, and the people who love like it, they love it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you really can't – I mean, you know, here, here's the thing. Uh, back in the 90s, I hated – in sync and the Backstreet Boys, but the fact is, and I hated new metal too. Like, but for a six or seven year period of time, that's what was on top. Now, yeah. I'm glad because I think in looking back, the rest of the world has kind of caught on with my sensibilities and says, yeah, Corn was overrated and In Sync really sucked, and everybody knows that now. And I, I think that's the Young Bucks right now, personally. Um, yeah. Everybody will know looking back. Yeah, the Young Bucks were overrated and everything else. But point being. They had a great year, they, and, and nobody can deny that. They, they were trend centers in wrestling. Uh, they prompted WWE. They, they poked the bear. Uh, WWE sent a legal team after them with the cease and desist orders. They managed to turn that around and make it one of their top-selling T-shirts. I mean, they were really this trend-setting team that managed to make a name for themselves and make a lot of money outside of the WWE system, and no one has done that before. And they really set a model that Joey Ryan and some others are following now, Cody Rhodes, um, where you can be bigger than life and, and call your own shots without being on WWE payroll. And uh, I think they're deserving. And I mean, again, there's a lot of things I don't like. Their, their timing, their gymnastics, their athleticism is, is unparalleled, and they've held it together. They're a top-drawing tag team act in an era where a lot of people don't care about tag teams. Yes. So I think they are certainly deserving of it. Uh, it's not my cup of tea, but they are definitely this year's uh, tag team of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think you could almost objectively say they are uh, some of the biggest stars in wrestling, um, and and not even qualifying it as tag teams. I mean, they are they are a huge draw, you know, by the very definition of the word draw. You know, they're on certainly a Ring of Honor show, an independent show. It makes all the difference for them, and. Even the the big stars of the biggest stars of the independence, or uh, even of of New Japan. I mean, you've seen Nakamura, Finn Balor. Uh, there's talk of Ricochet coming to WWE. Guys who have become big big stars still strive to uh, go to WWE. I don't think that's the case with the Bucks. I I. I I don't think they make more money coming to WWE. I mean, I, th- I think they're about um, as they're probably doing about as well as they're going to do. And, and it's not, uh, you know, any kind of consolation prize. They're doing really, really great. I mean, these guys are uh, successful, making a lot of money. I mean, aren't they like the top T-shirt seller in, in Hot Topic or something? Um, yes. You know, I mean, I imagine these guys are millionaires and, um, you know, working a schedule that is, is – uh, much easier, I imagine, than what they'd be doing in WWE. So, hey, good for them. <laughs> you know, whatever and they're doing, if, it's if they, working. If they did make it to WWE, I mean, I could very easily, maybe not so much today, but say three or four years ago, they would be the kind of t- tag team that WWE would bring in uh, just to job out to Ryback yes. in a handicap match. Yeah. They'd be yeah. the kind of guys I don't think they should. Like, hey, 
You know, I, yeah. I, I don't think they should come to WWE, and I think they keep doing exactly what they're doing. So uh, good for them. Uh, I, again, in terms of, of the awards telling um, the stories, maybe one of kind of the, the unheralded stories uh, of the year is in the runners-up, you know, almost the antithesis of the wrestler of the year uh, runner-up. WWE cleans up, runs the table in the runners-up, and... Uh, it's a pretty impressive a bunch, and you forget, you know, this was a pretty good year for tag team wrestling in WWE. The the top runners up, the first runners up, are uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, uh, the Bar, who I think have been doing fantastic work and and are often the the highlight of, of any show they're on. I, I went to a, a show in Ask Coliseum a few weeks ago where they wrestled um, Rollins and Jason Jordan in a cage match. The house show was one of the worst I've been to uh, in years, but a fantastic match, largely because of of those two. Uh, the second runners-up, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, who reunited during the, the middle of the year, and that was a fun few months with those two together. And third runner-up are the Usos, which I, I feel are really underrated. I mean, they did fantastic work this year. I mean, really, really good. So uh, that's a really strong uh, one, two, and three. So, uh, yeah. I and think then you consider the tag team that I believe won last year, if I'm not mistaken, um, or at least two years ago, but uh, the New Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, the New Day has been one of the most popular tag teams for yeah, the past three or here, four yeah. years. They're not even a runner-up this year. So, yeah, yeah, that's it's an impressive uh, accomplishment by the Bucks. Yep. Uh, all right, moving on, we have got match of the year. Um, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking some of this for the first time myself, and yeah, <laughs> I think this is. I think they got it right here. Uh, what is the uh, match of the year, 2017? Uh, this one I agree with completely, um, and I was curious to see if this would be the one that was selected. Uh, the match of the year was from Wrestle Kingdom. It was uh, Kenny Omega versus Okada. And again, two of them had three matches during 2017, three amazing matches um, that a lot of people are comparing to the uh, Flair Steamboat matches of 1989. And... Uh, the first one, again, Okada won at Wrestle Kingdom. The second one was a draw. And the third one, Omega won. That was a non-title match. Um, again, you mentioned how the Wrestling Observer kind of broke its five-star system and went six stars with the Wrestle Kingdom match. I think they went six and a quarter yeah. with second match or something goofy I gotta like that. I got to say, I, I kind of take issue with that. I, you know, God bless Dave Meltzer. I think he's fantastic, but uh, there's there's a little kind of young bucks, you know, energy oh, yeah. behind some of, of this. I mean, six and a, you know, six is pushing it. I mean, I think you could just say, I think it's fine just to say it's a five star match and it's the greatest match I've ever seen. Uh, but then six was already kind of pushing it. Six and a quarter is like, all right, come on. It, it's <laughs> like know? that teacher in a Christmas uh, a Christmas story. You know, Ralphie's teacher when he's fantasizing. A plus plus plus, 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 plus goes yeah. on. <laughs> I'm thinking of like Spinal Tap, wanting the uh, the, the uh, volume <laughs> level that goes to 11. <laughs> Go to 6.25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, mean, it's okay just to say. I mean, no exaggeration. It's fine to say the greatest match I've ever seen. Um, and I I think the readers got it right. As you touched on, Meltzer liked uh, a two more than one. I thought one was better. And I I love them all for for different reasons. And it's fantastic that they were three very different matches. Um, but you could only have one first time and it's yeah. the one that had a clean winner and the baby face went over and it was on the biggest stage. Uh, so I totally agree with, with this being the best one of the, of, uh, of the three. 
Exactly. Same here. It, it was at that Wrestle Kingdom stage, and uh, and you know it, it was the match that really set the standard and had people buzzing. Yeah. Um, you know, for as much as people have been talking about the Omega Jericho match that happened last week or mm-hmm. last week here at this year's Wrestle Kingdom, that match was getting a lot of attention. Uh, but even with Jericho's name and even with the attention it got, I think that last year's Omega Okada match was getting more buzz in the U.S. Because uh, I remember in the days right after Wrestle Kingdom last year, everybody, everybody was saying, oh, my God, did you see Okada versus Omega? Did you see it? Did you see it? Yeah. And the match, people were on social media who hadn't seen it. Where can I find it? How can I, you know, where, whatever. It was, it was everywhere. And, uh, you know, nothing against Jericho and, and Omega this year. There was a lot of interest about that, uh, but I, it doesn't hold up to the amount of reaction that I saw people have from that match last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and first runner-up is uh, Okada Omega 2, the one-hour draw. Um, the second runner-up, and, and I touched on this earlier, I mean, the best WWE matches being ones that relatively few people saw, uh, Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate from the May... Uh, NXT TakeOver in Chicago, a sensational match. I mean, I, I think well-earned, um, certainly the best WWE match, and it almost really wasn't a WWE match. I, I mean, it's the kind of match that uh, I think if both of these guys ran into Vince McMahon in the back, he wouldn't be aware that they work for him, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, very possibly. <laughs> yeah, and, and really was just a super, super match. And then uh, there's a little WWE flavor in here, and I, and I do think it was the probably the best sort of WWE proper uh, match, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus Mojo versus Braun Strowman, the main event of SummerSlam, which was uh, a train wreck kind of in, in the best way. I mean, it was just kind of wild and, and a lot of fun. So uh, I think the fans totally got it right here. Yeah, if you just want to see the big hosses go out there and, and hit the big moves, yep. that that's kind of match for you, yes. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got the most hated wrestler uh, of the year, and uh, I believe last year is the first time that a ostensible babyface won this, uh, right? And so it's kind of good to see things somewhat return to normal this year with a more traditional heel winning it. Uh, who is the 2017 most hated wrestler of the year? Oh, one one moment here. I apologize. I've, uh, I've, got, oh, I've got a dog here that's barking. I, uh, I've got one of those, too. This is in addition to, uh, to my family. Uh, <laughs> Got a, a beagle bulldog mix here named Gordy. Awesome. Uh, named Bam Bam Terry Gordy. <laughs> Settle down, buddy. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've had I've had to edit many a podcast because I've got to cut out my dog in the back making a lot of noise. So, yes, I've been there. So where were we? Uh, heel of oh, heel of the year, most hated wrestler of the year. Okay, hold on one second. Gordy, get down, get down. Okay. Does he have a little executioner mask on? <laughs> he totally should. <laughs> After uh, Gord Downey, the lead singer of the Tragically Hip, uh, oh, Indian band, the guy who passed away yes. uh, last year. But yeah, but Terry Gordy's still good too. So, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So Jinder Mahal was the the most hated wrestler of the year. Uh, it, it was. It's tough because most hated and most popular. These used to be big awards with uh, PWI readers and fans. And they're really based on the gut instinct of who do you love and who do you hate. And now it's it's a little bit more complicated. Uh, guys like Roman Reigns and, and John Cena, who are ostensibly fan favorites, routinely get booed. Uh, people like Kevin Owens are heels, but they also get cheered. 
Um, this is a little bit more of a throwback. Uh, Jinder Mahal was just that kind of go- good old-fashioned heel, just a, a rule mm-hmm. breaker. And uh, he, he kind of went won this award going away. Um, and and he uh, it, good for him. Uh, I mean, being voted most hated, certainly you wouldn't want to be voted that in high school. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really good thing for a guy who wasn't even really on the radar last year um, and now being the most hated guy in the sport. It's it's a great uh, show for how far Ginger came in 2017. Yeah, yeah, I got to go to uh, a WWE event in in White Plains uh, some weeks back. Some weeks back, and I had uh, front row tickets. I might have mentioned it in the last pod- podcast, and, and he was in the main event. And him in the ring, uh, they bring out the the rug. The fans are you know it's just it's just old school heel heat stuff. He had the two Singh brothers on the outside jawing with the fans. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a throwback and kind of refreshing. I mean, it, it, a a bad guy who is uh, soliciting booze, you know, and and uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's a good act. So you've got Kevin Owens, who is kind of a, a traditional heel, but then the other two are very non-traditional. You, you've got Roman Reigns again now in the second runner-up spot. I mean, it's it's almost laughable that that's kind of a, a win for him that he that WWE's top babyface went from being the most hated to only the third most hated. Um, and uh, I think the real surprise is the third runner-up. And again, that kind of talks about how the sport's evolving, our magazine is evolving. It's sexy star, uh, and and this is almost an entirely you know different category, a different way. Uh, to be hated for, for for people who don't know that much about the sexy star uh, a story uh, why do you tell them kind of the, the the cliff's notes version of what happened well it depends on who you believe and a lot of things but basically what happened is there was a four-way women's match uh, going on in in mexico and uh if the allegations are to be believed that sexy star took liberties with rosemary uh she got her in submission hold and tried to intentionally injure her uh, essentially damage her, her left arm, I believe. Um, <clears throat> Rosemary and, and Sexy Star have had different versions of it and everything else, but for the most part, when it came out that Sexy Star would try to take liberties with somebody for whatever reason, uh, the whole wrestling community, all of the wrestlers, went to social media and, and kind of came down on this hard, kind of policing themselves. And this used to be very common in wrestling. Uh, a wrestler shooting, wrestler kind of protecting themselves or, or doing something for good or for bad. Uh, it, it happened. It was part of the business and everybody kind of made it clear that those dates are gone and, uh, shouldn't come back. And, uh, it, it really became something that, you know, all of a sudden sexy star who was very popular was really ostracized throughout most of the wrestling world. And, uh, it's, you know, the voting kind of reflects that, you know, that uh, even the fans know that, uh, you know, things have changed a little bit yeah. and, uh, that, that type of behavior isn't something that they want to uh, be behind anymore. It, it really speaks to how far we've come from from uh, whatever was left of kayfabe, right? That um, somebody could be voted most hated for shooting on somebody in a match. Uh, that's just... See, and it makes it makes me uncomfortable even saying kayfabe on the PWI podcast <laughs> because, I mean, that's... I mean, you know, it's... But that's part yeah, of, I mean, you know, I touched on that. that we, that's we, part yeah, of yeah. the story of 2017 with... The piece that Stu wrote earlier in the year, um, you know, it, it it's kind of a new landscape, you know. So it is, it is. All right. So uh, yes, so sexy star is uh, the third runner up in the most hated category. Yes. 
Uh, next up, uh, most popular wrestler of the year, and not a huge surprise here. Who who is that? Most popular wrestler of the year, if memory serves, if memory serves, I believe it was AJ Styles. It was indeed. Yes. There we go. Um, yeah, and, it, that's, that was a, kind of an interesting thing. Is that the it, we've seen this before. I mean, this isn't entirely uncommon. Um, but the wrestler of the year and the the most popular wrestler of the year often go hand in hand. Uh, as long as because the fan, it's a fan vote, so the wrestler of the year rarely goes to a heel or a disliked wrestler unless they were particularly dominating. And uh, if it is a fan favorite who won wrestler of the year, then winning the most popular uh, often follows. And you can see that trend kind of go as you go through all of the previous winners uh, throughout the inception of the PWI awards and, you know, 1979 or earlier with some of the awards. Yeah. Um, but in any case, yeah, AJ Styles is the, the most popular. And again, like with the wrestler of the year category, I think it's kind of by default. Um, I think maybe... it is somewhat, um, but I also think AJ's charisma maybe is a little uh, underrated. And uh, I've got, I've got an, he's about to turn nine-year-old son, who, whose name is also AJ, and uh, he loves him. His favorite wrestler by far. You know, he comes out with the hoodie over his head and the arms out and the music, and it works. Right. It connects with fans, and, and the pops at arenas are huge. And I think everybody uh, is known for a long time that, you know, in the ring, bell to bell, AJ is one of the best, if not the best, but all the other stuff that goes into being a, a WWE superstar that I think um, certainly Vince McMahon thought for a long time that AJ didn't have, I think he's come a really long way. And I think maybe that that's sometimes kind of um, underappreciated. Uh, he can talk, you know, again, he, the way he carries himself, his look, the music, the entrance, uh, all of it, it, it is a, a real uh, complete package. Well, that's Lex Luger. But, <laughs> he's yeah, a total AJ package. Styles, yeah, he's a total package. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, agreed. Yeah, he, he's definitely the guy who can carry the ball and has done so. Um, and, yeah, I, I think WWE, if they had their, their druthers, they would want their most popular wrestler to be Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman or somebody else who better fits the, the company mold. Um, but they are smart enough to realize that when a guy like AJ can capture the, the fans' attention – ride that and go with it and uh you know do what you can with it because that's when you get those organic movements uh like with daniel bryan and cm punk and you know even back when bret hart was first coming up and things like that where you know the fans get behind somebody that may not be the company pick back with bret hart the company pick was lex luger but yeah. the fans got behind bret hart and and and, and that's how it goes uh, so WWE sometimes is smart enough to kind of uh, to, to follow that and let the fans, you know, control their own destiny. Yeah. And uh, so AJ Styles is, is a really kind of unique pick for uh, most popular. Yep. I think uh, the runners up are also right on. I mean, I think we got them right. Uh, and first runner up is uh, Nakamura. I, I'd almost say that it is a disappointment that he is first runner up because to me, he is tailor-made for this award. I mean, he's almost a guy who's built to be popular. Um, the the entrance, the the music, the persona, it, it is all about charisma, and he's got it. And yet, 
Um, I don't want to say he was a flop in 2017, but I, I do think it's fair to say he was a, a letdown, a disappointment. Um, and, and certainly he doesn't deserve all or even most of the blame for that. Uh, and the second runner-up, Braun Strowman, um, and, and I would have thought he, he could have been the running very much to win this because he really uh, very much got popular, got some huge pops, and um, I think it's really turning a corner. The, the, uh, the last live event I went to a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, away from the TV cameras, he was totally embracing it. Hit this new role, slapping hands with fans after he won his match, stuck around, signing autographs, taking selfies, hugging babies, the whole thing around one <laughs> side. So, and you know what? It it was a good fit for him. I mean, kind of the friendly giant. Um, I I think it worked just fine. And uh, third runner up is Okada again. Kind of this uh, amazing story of of him and New Japan really becoming a uh, a real force in the North American wrestling scene in, in 2017. Um, all right. I think the rest of these, uh, well, we could. Well, I think we could spend less time in the rest of these. So uh, let me go through each of them, and uh, maybe we'll get some thoughts quickly on... Uh, on all these, well, maybe we we should spend a little more time on a couple of these. Feud of the year. Uh, why don't you mention what what feud of the year is? A uh, feud of the year again this year. It's it's reflected with match of the year. It is Okada and Omega. Yeah. Uh, again, the three match series uh, really caught the att- imagination of the fans. Uh, there were other feuds that were more intense. Other feuds that had more. Certainly, I mean, Okada and Omega only had three matches, and that's typically a, a WWE week, you know, yeah. with the house show circuit, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, those were the matches that the entire company was built around during that period, and it kept the fans' imaginations throughout the entire amount of time. Uh, yeah. So that that really came out over everything else as uh, the feud of the year. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to WWE that had some hot feuds, hot feuds for a short period of time, like your Kevin Owens, uh, Chris Jericho, um, your Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, AJ Styles, Shane McMahon. WWE would have these really hot feuds that would last for three months or so, and then four or five months later were forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt was another mm-hmm. one. Whereas, you know, they had a lot of those matches and then moved on to something different. Whereas Omega versus Okada was really the thing that drove New Japan throughout the entire year. Right, and and it wasn't about like the hatred between the two of them. It was about these the amazing series of matches. So, kind of a different definition than than sometimes we see reflected in in feud of the year, where it wasn't about like this blood rivalry, but but really about the the quality of work that they were doing uh, in the ring. And I think it's uh, well earned. Uh, first runner up, uh, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. I think that's a, a pretty strong. Uh, first runner-up. I was there at the Coliseum when uh, uh, Braun tipped over the the uh, the ambulance, and the place really went nuts. And and uh, I really do think that elevated that feud to a different level. Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. You know, it had all the makings of a real classic feud, and then the payoff I think let down uh, fans a little bit, and and the wrestlers themselves. I don't know if you saw the Kevin Owens documentary on the WWE Network that kind of uh, captured him um, at WrestleMania, and and really. As soon as he got through the the curtains, it was clear that he was disappointed in, in his performance. And Vince McMahon it's made it clear so that he Vince, wasn't yeah. happy. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't a bad match by any stretch. But I, I think there were high hopes um, because of the intensity of that rivalry 
that that the payoff would match it and it didn't and and they went out to have better matches than that one but that really was the one that needed to come through and and it didn't um and then Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman which wasn't that prolonged but but did have a good payoff um actually no we didn't that match was uh, <laughs> was not all that great I exactly think I, i'm yeah. thinking um joe and and brock it's an interesting thing i think about some of the feuds in wwe this year is that uh there were feuds that had uh really good payoffs but the the rivalry wasn't all that strong and then you had uh these really strong rivalries where the payoff wasn't um, that strong i'd argue that the one and i might be alone here that that the one that delivered both with the storyline and the match uh of all feuds was uh shane mcmahon and, and kevin owens i thought that was super hot going into Hell in a Cell. Um, I think it was Hell in a Cell was the right fit for it, and I thought the match was just wild. Uh, so, uh, but I'm okay with it not being in, in the top top mix, especially because it's still kind of unfolding. Uh, all right, next up we've got Woman of the Year. Uh, certainly timely, given you know some some current events. Uh, I, I'd be remiss if we did not spend some time on this one. And, uh, you know, this is, I guess, as, as much a no-brainer as, as any of these. Who is uh, this year's Woman of the Year? Asuka is the Woman of the Year, uh, which is, it's interesting because Woman of the Year is not Woman Wrestler of the Year. Um, no. <clears throat> and in the past, the Woman of the Year category has been won by Stephanie McMahon. It's, it's been, there, there's been other women who are in a position of power, Dixie Carter and others who have been nominated and been on the ballot. Um and the Asuka was the number one in the female 50. Uh, it, it's a lot of times who we have, again, like the 500 and, and wrestler of the year, who we have as number one, who we select as the editors and who the fans select can be very different people. And uh, this year, everyone was on the same page. This is Asuka's year. Uh, she was number one in the female 50. She won woman of the year going away in the year-end awards balloting. And uh, she still has hit her stride. She's still kind of the up-and-comer in, in WWE, uh, still waiting for her title shot. Um, you know, 2018 is, is poised to be an even bigger year for her, uh, you know, at least it portends to be. And uh, she won this award kind of going away. Yeah, it makes me a little worried. I don't know about you, but it, when you have somebody who is on such a role, um, you know, maybe it's an indictment of some of what WWE does not do uh, right, or, or at least do its best. The the feeling I think similar to with Nakamura is, oh boy, they're going to screw this up. You know, there's like this dread, um, and I don't know. You know, I mean, you just I always think to like that Goldberg streak and how um, the bigger it got, the more heartbreaking it would get when it was finally um, ended, and the more. Um, criticism and, and calling into question there would be when when they make that call and you know it, it's tough to book her in wwe on raw uh going forward in 2018 and not have her lose uh so and and you know what you know you could have her lose but when they do it, 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 it they better get their money's worth it, it, it better be the the right time the right match the right opponent <clears throat> and maybe particularly with the women um, we've seen WWE squander that a lot in certainly in 2017. When you think about, you know, having Bailey win the title, yes, I yes. forgot like a, on some throwaway Raw, and then in front of her hometown, 
lose. I don't even remember, but I mean, just, there was a lot of missed opportunities or, or whether it was the hell in the cell um, with Sasha and uh, uh, Charlotte, was it, that, yeah. you know, didn't quite deliver. So um, I just feel like they've got something really special that they really got to be careful not to screw up. What, you, what the ideal thing with Oscar right now is, and she's an amazing wrestler. I, I, and I, I was, I went to a lot of the Shimmer shows that she was on back in, when she was Kana, and and got to know her really well and see her work up close. I mean, you know, basically seeing her wrestle six matches over the course of three days, and I'm within twenty feet of the ring, you know, for all six matches. And plus, I'm backstage and, and everything else. And I know that what we've seen in WWE, we can see a lot more of. She's even better than what we've seen. She's really, really an amazing talent. Um, and, and she hasn't even really reached the pinnacle of what she can be. And like you said, I'm, I'm still hoping WWE doesn't screw that up. But I'm really hoping for the best. If they were to bring in Ronda Rousey and say, that's the match. Ronda Rousey versus Asuka. And, and let's make that happen at WrestleMania. And, and and then go from there. I mean, you know, that's that, that's as big of a, a dream match for women's wrestling as I can imagine. Uh, is that what you're expecting? I, I'm not. I mean, I I could see Ronda um, come in number thirty at the Royal Rumble, win, uh, and then I expect her uh, expect them maybe to put her up against Charlotte, something like that. And you could still have Oscar win the title. The raw title, um, right? At, at Mania, working with Alexa or whoever it would be, I don't think they're doing Oscar and, and Ronda. Um, I and honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think Charlotte and um, Ronda is the match to make if they can make it. Uh, for me, it, it it's not. I mean, it is because for the hype of it, it's Ric Flair's daughter, it's Ronda. But I mean, if if you want somebody who is a kick ass athlete versus a kick ass athlete. Um, Asuka versus Ronda would be the, the match to go. But how do I mean, you, Kana, who wins that? I mean, that's a tough one to book. It is a tough one to book until you just put together the, the highlight reels of these two, yeah. the two of them, look at what they can do in the ring. And, you know, I mean, yes, there is a language disparity and everything else. And, you no, know. I just don't see them. If, if Ronda's wrestling at WrestleMania, I'm assuming Ronda's winning at WrestleMania. And do you put Ronda over on, on Asuka? I don't think you do. Um, if, you, if you have to end the streak to somebody, you end it there, yeah, and you can make that argument, what it would sure. do, you know, what it would do to help Ronda, you know, I mean, look at the way they they sacrificed the Undertaker streak right. for Brock Lesnar, who really didn't need it. Ronda Rousey went breaking the Oscar streak, you know, not that she necessarily needs it, but it gives her credibility, additional credibility as a brand new pro wrestler. She she managed to be the one who did what no one else could and and defeated Oscar. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I really am going to blow through the rest of these. Uh, there we go, quicker. armchair booking 101 right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, most improved uh, wrestler. Actually, I skipped one. Uh, comeback uh, of the year. Uh, we've got the Hardys. I think that's fine. I mean, I in what was, I think, something of a disappoint, disappointing WrestleMania this year, and you might have a different perspective being there. Uh, to me, that was the, the highlight of the WrestleMania and the real kind of big WrestleMania moments. Uh, unfortunately, and, and it's so much of what we talked about, I don't know that they've been handled the best since then. Some bad breaks with, with Jeff getting hurt. They're finally able to do the, the Woke and Matt Hardy thing. Um, and again, it's another one of these things that, that there's this dread. Uh-oh, they're going to mess this up. <clears throat> but um, I think it's fine. And uh, 
Finn Balor first runner up. I, I think that's fine too. Again, another. I feel like a broken record, but but again, a little bit of a disappointment. The talk was he was supposed to get the title shot against uh, Brock coming up at the Rumble, and uh, you know he's not even close to to that kind of positioning uh, on the card. Uh, Mickey James, uh, was a great feel good story uh, of the year with her comeback, and Shelton Benjamin round out uh, the runners up. So, any any comments on any of those? No, I, I think you hammered it home. Uh, the Hardys at WrestleMania was a great moment, and it was great to see them back on the WWE stage. Um, it's just a shame that they went from being the hottest act in wrestling to being kind of a you know, throwaway tag team in WWE within about two months. But mm-hmm. now that the Woken Matt gimmick is, is up and running, we'll see where it goes from here. Yep. Uh, most improved wrestler of the year. I, I think this is absolutely the right choice. Jinder Mahal uh, wins it. You know... How could you almost give it to anybody else? I mean, you're talking a guy who was at the very bottom of the WWE ladder uh, at the beginning of the year, going on to winning the the most prestigious prize uh, in the sport and holding it longer than anybody else uh, during the year. So, you know, I mean, we could argue uh, how good he actually was, but it's not about being good. It's about being better, and, and he did get uh, a lot, lot better. And I actually think he's pretty good i mean i i uh i don't think it's any crime that he's no longer uh wwe champion or no longer in the main event of scene uh you know there are some indications that then maybe he went to this u.s title in in the tournament and i think that's a good fit for him i think it would keep him in that upper mid card range uh so i i think that's fine uh the number one uh is braun Strowman. again i think kind of an obvious choice a year ago, we were talking about this big giant guy with two left feet, and um, the guy is an, again an absolute star. I think that the one real, even more than gender, real star that WWE created in 2017. Uh, second runner-up, Eli Drake, who was held uh, the Impact Championship for for some time. I guess no longer, right? That was a, a breaking story over the last yeah, 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, and break news, Austin Aries. There we are. Yes, and you got your four-sided ring too. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and um, third runner-up uh, Naomi, which, which I also I, th- I think is fine, and and I had some critical words for her uh, some while back, but I think she's come a long way and uh, really did kind of uh, step up and, and fill that role of champion pretty well. well she, so she took those words to heart, Al, and she got very <laughs> she was very uh, offended by what you had to say, so she uh, worked a little bit harder and she improved her game. So yes. it all worked out. I remember a comment about uh, being as green as something. So, yes. And, and not, not what you're thinking. Yeah, it has to, it has to do with hair <laughs> extensions. Um, ah. And uh, inspirational wrestler of the year. I think this is also the right choice. You've got Christopher Daniels, who, uh, what was he, 46, almost 47, when he won his uh, first heavyweight title. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think that that's fantastic. Um, and just- most universally admired and respected guys in the game. He's a wrestler's wrestler. He's been around, you know, he, he's been around with AJ and Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. And he's been a mentor to those guys uh, and many others. And um, it, it's just great that he finally had his moment. Instead of being the the guy there for everyone else, he finally got a moment to kind of be the, the star attraction, you know, in his own right. Yep. Uh, first runner-up, uh, John Cena, who finally got his 16th uh, world title, tying uh, Ric Flair and did so at the age of 40, and just 
all-around kind of uh, good guy. Uh, Shane McMahon, uh, second runner-up, and uh, Maya Yim. Uh, am I saying that right? Mia. Uh, yeah, Yim, I'm sorry. Uh, Jay. In, yes. yes, in the third runner-up spot. Uh, moving on, Rookie of the Year, I think, is the last one. And I know uh, we were talking before we came on here, I guess there was... Uh, th- this one was as close as any, right? Um, and ultimately, it went to Otis Dozovic, who is uh, one half of the NXT uh, tag team, pretty popular tag team, Heavy Machinery. And uh, first runner-up, Ray Gonzalez Jr. Then you've got uh, Andy Williams and he- Hirai Kawato. Do I got that right? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Anything yeah, on, it, on any of those? Interesting category. You had Andy Williams, a rock star, the guitarist of the band Every Time I Die, getting into wrestling in his early 40s. Um, but he's a six foot three, 280 pound dude who's very close friends with Braxton Sutter and, and is training with Braxton Sutter every day. Um, and, and he's really got a passion for it. Uh, so he's doing really well. The, the big race is between Otis and uh, Ray Gonzalez in uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, and that was going back and forth, literally up until deadline. Um, it was one of the closest races that we've had in any category over the past few years. And uh, Otis came out on top on that. But uh, a lot of interesting names in there, and we'll see if uh, we'll see how they, uh, you know, how they they move forward, and and whether these guys have staying power uh, beyond the impressive uh, initial rookie year. Yeah, the thing about this category every year is very often it's uh, this kind of head scratcher, like who. And then it's years later um, that you look back at this list and you say, oh, wow, he was Rookie of the Year. And, and hopefully by then you're, you're a big star, you know. It's, uh, it's funny. I was just looking through the other day and uh, Ace Hawkins won this award a few years back, won the Rookie of the Year award. And uh, he beat out the number two contender that year was a guy by the name of Leakey, ah, which is not Roman Wow. Reigns. What year was that? Oh, uh, it would have been four or five years back, maybe. Yeah. But, I, uh, yeah. That's great. And I remember yeah. at the time, Ace Hawkins was very, I mean, he's still wrestling. He's still very active. He's a, he's a great wrestler. Uh, but he was really catching a buzz for himself. And I thought at the time, wow, this is great. that This kid is is really getting attention. And, you know, and, and now he, he beats out Roman Reigns, who's gone yeah. on to headline the consecutive WrestleManias and everything else. So yeah. Yeah. You, never, you never know how things are going to work out for the rookies of the year necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's it. That is the uh, the awards. And then, of course, there's the Stanley Weston Award, which is kind of a lifetime achievement award. And um, yeah, yeah, it went to Jack yeah, yeah, were we? Were, Jack. But uh, yeah, I get the surprise there is that it, it took us long to to give it to Jack. Um, but we did get a chance to talk to Jerry, and Jerry gave us a lot of information about his brother, and told me stories about how he and his brother would go to the the, the corner store and pick up wrestling magazines when they were kids, yeah. And how they both wanted to grow up to be like the wrestlers that they saw in the magazines. So he said that having his uh, brother, you know, receiving the Weston Award from Pro Wrestling Illustrated was really uh, genuinely an honor that he and his brother would have appreciated. That's great, right? And I'm doing my part every year to. Uh, vote for Stanley Weston in the Observer Hall of Fame and uh, keeps on coming up short. But uh, um, all right. Well, Dan, thank you so much. And, and I know, again, as usual, you, you uh, have a big, big hand in, in putting these all together. So thank you for your efforts. And uh, again, folks, go out and pick up this issue. Subscribe. Uh, I say it a lot, but but the cool thing about these magazines, as you just touched on with, with that story about uh, Roman Reigns in, in the runner-up spot for, for Rookie of the Year, 
uh, as fun as these are to read now, and you know, you could pick this up five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now, and it's as much fun or even more fun to kind of revisit what that year uh, in wrestling was. And obviously, the issue uh, uh, it's got a lot more than just the awards. Uh, there is a look back on the year, fantastic uh, uh, photos, stories, um, all kinds of, of history, title changes, uh, flipping through this now, uh, just uh, uh, a real blast. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about the issue uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, but if you guys head over to the website, you can uh, pick it up now and be clicking through it on your uh your mobile device or your your laptop as i'm doing right now so all right dan thank you so much i appreciate it thank you okay man we'll talk soon